Hello, my name's Martin Wilkie. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Peritoneal Dialysis International. It's my pleasure to bring you the first PDI podcast in which I will review a number of papers in an upcoming issue of the journal. On this occasion, I'm going to cover four papers that are to be published in the September 2015 issue. One of the papers is a systematic review of candidate gene polymorphisms and their impact on outcomes for patients on peritoneal dialysis. The second paper is from Spain and looks at the outcome for patients with polycystic kidney disease who are treated with peritoneal dialysis. The third is a pilot study from Japan in which the vasopressin antagonist tolvaptan is evaluated for its impact on residual renal function. And finally, I'll cover a study from Guangzhou, China, looking at the impact of pulmonary hypertension on survival in PD patients. A systematic review in the September issue of PDI by Sadiq and colleagues identifies 18 studies that examine the relationship between candidate gene polymorphisms and important outcomes for PD patients. These outcomes include peritoneal membrane solute transport, peritonitis, encapsulating peritoneal sclerosis, and patient and technique survival. The biological systems impacted upon by these genetic variations include inflammatory cytokines, growth factors, and enzyme systems. The quality of studies that the authors evaluated varied, with the most compelling evidence of a causative role of the genetic variation coming from longitudinal studies that were able to demonstrate alterations in the concentration of a protein product or target gene. Evidence for the role of IL-6 gene polymorphisms on peritoneal membranes small solute transport is strong and has been confirmed recently in publications from the Global Study. There is weaker evidence of associations between variations in IL-1 and peritonitis, or angiotensin-converting enzyme and vascular endothelial growth factor and patient survival. This line of investigation provides rationale for the Biological Determinants of Peritoneal Dialysis Outcomes Study, which is funded by the US National Institutes of Health and led by Raj Marotra as the chief investigator. That study seeks to establish a genetic and biorepository of both dialysate effluent and plasma samples to support further study of genetic determinants of baseline and longitudinal changes in peritoneal membrane function. In contrast to polygenic influences on peritoneal membrane function, the genetics of adult polycystic kidney disease are much clearer, and indeed treatments have been developed. Importantly, the diagnosis is usually made from a combination of phenotype and family history, rather than relying on genetic testing. However, the role of genetic testing is set to increase, since this might influence clinical decisions regarding the appropriateness of new therapeutic options. Because of early identification, patients with adult polycystic kidney disease who come to requiring dialysis are likely to have planned presentations and therefore have the best opportunity of access to pre-dialysis care. This partly explains why such patients are more likely to be transplanted and have lower mortality than that associated with other causes of end-stage kidney disease. 
these factors are likely to have impacted on the prospective case control study of 106 ADPKD patients treated with peritoneal dialysis from 19 Spanish centres published in the September issue. First author, Gennaro. Controls were identified from two consecutive non-ADPKD patients who started dialysis at the same time and at the same centre as the index case. Thus, it is unsurprising that polycystic kidney disease patients in this study had better pre-dialysis care than their case controls, as evidenced by better anemia and blood pressure control, and experienced a higher transplant rate, as well as lower comorbidity and less diabetes. Overall, this Spanish paper broadly confirms a paper from the French registry that PD is an entirely reasonable treatment for end-stage kidney disease in patients with adult polycystic kidney disease, in most cases while waiting for a renal transplant. The Spanish study explored surgical complications of PD, finding that abdominal wall leaks were as common in cases and controls, but were more likely to lead to transfer to hemodialysis in cases. Polycystic patients were more likely to require nephrectomy, often as preparation for transplantation, than controls, and less likely to require PD catheter repositioning. Clearly, in some cases, there are practical problems with intraperitoneal volume due to the physical presence of large native kidneys, and overnight cycling peritoneal dialysis with lower volumes during daytime is appropriate while there's sufficient residual renal function. Ultimately, peritoneal dialysis may no longer be appropriate for aneuric patients with large native kidneys, and under those circumstances, planned transfer to hemodialysis should be considered. The pilot study in this issue by Hiramatsu and colleagues of the impact of the vasopressin antagonist Tolvaptan at a dose of 15 mg daily, initiated two weeks after starting PD in 12 diabetic patients who had evidence of volume overload, compares such patients with a historical control group. The groups were rather heterogeneous, both in terms of baseline heart failure status, diuretic and PD prescription. For example, only 10 out of the 12 patients received archidextrin and 9 were on APD. The principal results were a preservation of urine volume as well as creatinine and urea clearance in the Tolvaptan group compared with the control. The study had design weaknesses, but certainly presents an intriguing therapeutic possibility that, measure, that merits further evaluation. The final paper deals with pulmonary hypertension. Pulmonary hypertension is gaining recognition as an adverse risk factor for survival among patients on dialysis. In a prospective study of 618 incident PD patients reported in this issue of PDI by Zhuingdong et al., 16% had pulmonary hypertension, defined as a pulmonary artery systolic pressure of greater than 35 millimetres of mercury, estimated using echocardiography. Although echocardiography can provide an estimate of pulmonary artery pressure, the gold standard diagnostic technique is right heart catheterization, which is not practicable in a large cohort study. In this population, pulmonary hypertension identified using echocardiography conferred an adjusted hazard ratio of 2.1 for all-cause mortality over a median follow-up period of 29 months, a similar risk to other studies in dialysis patients. Patients in the pulmonary hypertension group were more likely to be diabetic, have lower serum albumin and serum sodium, have cardiovascular disease and were older.
The etiology of pulmonary hypertension in the general population includes connective tissue disorders and left ventricular valvular heart disease. However, in the dialysis patients, the cause is probably multifactorial and modifiable factors are not well understood. I hope you enjoy this issue of Peritoneal Dialysis International. It has a range of stimulating papers from around the world. Many thanks for listening.